Hello, Val Pals. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. But most importantly, happy Boxing Day. A Canadian holiday where you organize boxes and just veg out. And just veg out and recover from all the socializing and family time. Even though you love it, you also are happy when it's over. Uh, but uh, I had a great Christmas. I had a great Boxing Day, me and my wife just watched Yellow Jackets all day and ate junk food. But um, we do not have a Val Kilmer-centered show today. What we're going to do is we're going to play you one of our Patreon exclusives. We love movies. So there's no Val theme song, no Mark Twain quote, no Val Kilmer section. We'll be back next week and we'll be uh, doing a Travel Trips Gone Wrong. We'll talk about Val Kilmer going astray. And then we'll be uh, hitting Top Gun hard, folks. We'll be coming hard on the Top Gun. And we got a lot of a lot of big announcements coming up as well, too. We got some things cooking for old Patreon. But right now, Patreon, for under $3, you get the videos of all the interviews. You get early access to the interviews. Uh, you get monthly exclusives of We Love Movies, where rant, ramble, and rave about movies. And then you also uh, get your top three Val Kilmer movies read every month. We do pick one Patreon a month and read their top three Val movies and discuss that on air. And it's pretty fucking fun. So thanks for all the Val pals who joined that. Um, and I guess last thing before, I'm going to get right to this episode of We Love Movies. But uh, rate and review us on Spotify. That's a new feature. It all helps. I feel like I'm really sales pitchy right now, but it's okay. I'm a little traumatized. I watch about six episodes of Yellow Jackets, and that shit is heavy. Great show. Uh, I'll talk about it on December's issue of We Love Movies, uh, which will be more Christmas themed. No, I'll save that for another one. Okay, stop. I'm not gonna. I'm no more planning on air. We had a great holiday, and we're gonna get to uh, We Love Movies, which is exclusively on Patreon. But you're gonna get a sneak peek. This is the second one I did. Uh, I did one for December, and I'm gonna release it soon. But hope you enjoy this. Love you, pal pals, and happy holidays. Patreon members, my dear Patreon family, thank you for joining us. This is, we love movies, <laughs> because I just finished watching a movie, and this is, we love movies. Uh, we got my beautiful fiance, I just call her my wife, we've been together eight years, it's happened. Uh, she's puttering around, she saw all these movies with me, except Red Notice, so she might chime in with a review, and this is a bit loosey-goosier than the other one, I'm uh not going to do edits and cuts. I'm going to, I might pause to clarify myself if I'm completely bumbling, but I'm just going to try to keep it loose, man. Make this more conversational. Like we're hanging out, guys. Uh, what are the three movies I saw this month? Usually I see more, and I did see some Val Kilmer movies, but I don't want to review them. I'll review one Val Kilmer movie. How's that? So we'll do Ghostbusters, Marriage Story, and Red Notice. All right. Three very different movies. I love them all. I love them all. I don't know which one I'd recommend the most, right? Like, recommending's hard. I'd recommend Red Notice to, like, a buddy boy. I'd probably recommend Marriage Story to my older sister. And I'd recommend 
Ghostbusters Afterlife to my 10-year-old nephew and any 36-year-old to 50-year-old man who played with Ghostbusters toys because it trades in nostalgia to the max, folks. But those are... And there was the, the Val Kilmer movie I'll talk about is Real Genius because that's going to be the next one coming out Friday. But thank you, Patreon people. You're my beloved family people. You, you, you give me so much motivation. Uh, I didn't know what day it was. And then I realized it's the 30th and I got to get my... November edition out. So Patreon folks, you help me know what day it is. You're my sundial. Uh, <laughs> so the first movie will be Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife was an unofficial sequel. And we saw it in uh, a special theater. We saw it in like, what was it, babe? The theater you told me before. Theater wide? Wide theater? Theater extra? Extra screen wide, we don't know, but it was the, where the walls were movie screens. So you had like like 180 degrees of movie screens, so you're in peripheral. So with Ghostbusters Afterlife, anytime they're ripping down in the cornfield, uh, you would see the corn on the outside. It'd be distracting if it was the whole movie, but just for certain scenes, it was cool. Lindsay's nodding. She liked it. She liked it. She's... You wish? I don't. I think it'd be distracting, don't you think? Oh, Lindsay liked it. But I didn't like uh, when, when, you could, when the side screens came up, you could see the other people in the theater a bit too well. I know it was like a scarce theater, but we're all seated very closely for some reason, so that was a bit uncomfortable. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by Jason Ryman, the son of... Fuck... Son of a bitch, no. The son of the director of the first Ghostbuster, uh, Ivan Raymond. So bittersweet. That's got to be pretty cool. That's got to be an emotional journey for him to direct his dad's property, especially Ghostbusters, because Ghostbusters must have been crazy for him as a child. If your dad's the director of Ghostbusters, uh, I imagine Ghostbusters was big in your life. I forgot how much I liked Ghostbusters till I saw this movie. I didn't even think about Proton Packs for what, 30 years? And I don't know if I liked this movie or if I was just drunk in nostalgia, because full disclosure, people, I was fucking crying for a large portion of this movie. Not like openly weeping where my wife could see and be like, take a walk, calm down, you're embarrassing me. But where the, the, my face was just steadily flowing with tears and I had to actively control my breathing because I was ashamed. I, I cry in front of my wife in front of everything. The most common thing is a grandparent at a younger grandson's birthday party. That'll get me. But I don't want Ghostbusters to make me cry. I don't know why it's making me cry. So I was embarrassed. But I think he just hit all the nostalgic buttons. Like, I haven't thought about a proton pack. And then it just reminded me when I was five, I wore that proton pack everywhere. I used to use that ghost trap. I'm pretty sure I have a memory of my parents fighting and me putting the ghost trap between them to try to, like, stop the fight. So, like, I was dealing with a whole bunch of shit i after like Lindsay. i think i need therapy i was crying way too much during that movie and i think it was slow Lindsay didn't like it did you like it ghostbusters I liked it. you liked it but you called it cute and a bit kitty so, so it's a movie you take your nephew to and you'll enjoy it a bit and you'll both like it a bit uh the kid acting was awesome a lot of time these movies that depend on children portraying the roles <laughs> they lose me the kids suck at acting but this girl was amazing the kid podcast he stole it i was like i've been stealing his bits i've been calling myself podcast while doing nerdy things and it's getting laughs and life that's a life bit um another life bit i do when i go to the theater i go two humans please and they go oh 
course. What would it be? Two dogs? Two people from outer space? No, two humans. Anyways, I digress. Ghostbusters! It was it was a bit slow burning, but the actors were good. The kid actors were good. Paul Rudd's in it. Uh, he can make it. They didn't give him a lot, but Paul Rudd doesn't need a lot. He just Paul Rudd's it up. He's so charming. How old is Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd is, like, 50 now is different than 50, but my dad was 50, and he looked like a bald snowman, when Paul Rudd looks like fucking, like he just, like he just finished shooting Clueless, right? The guy doesn't age, I don't know what it is. Uh, spoilers, I'm going to talk about spoilers. There are some cameos in it. Uh, I thought there's going to be full, like I, I I was a little disappointed because I thought the first half was going to be like introducing to the new generation of Ghostbusters, introduce the kids, introduce Paul Rudd, and then I thought the second half was just going to be like a sequel to Ghostbusters Two, and Bill Murray would be there making jokes, shooting Slimers, and there was just a taste of that. They just gave one or two scenes, but man, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. There's like. They, they play it just, they give you just enough of the old stuff to satisfy you where you're not pissed off. But I went into the expectation of way too much. So if I see it again, I'll have a different take because I'll, I'll check my expectations. But Bill Murray is the Bill Murray I haven't seen in a while and I didn't realize how much I missed. I kind of grew up on Vankman type Bill Murray. Uh, I like the the... Scrooge Bill Murray, the Groundhog Day Bill Murray, and then one day he took a break from acting, turned up and lost in translation, and we never got that old Chicago Vince Vaughn charm Bill Murray, and I missed it, and then in this one, we got a taste of it. Uh, you don't get a lot of it, but you get enough of it. Did I love Ghostbusters? I don't know. I was just drunk in nostalgia. Uh, the last half hour was awesome. The last half hour was awesome. I'm going to have to see it again. Uh, I was crying too much. I haven't thought about being five in 30 years, and turns out I got things to process, folks, and Ghostbusters was the beginning of that. And it was also kind of sweet because we were surrounded by families with, like, four-year-olds and eight-year-olds, and the kids are just talking, and the dads were super excited to show their kids Ghostbusters. Like, one dad behind me was like, Dave, remember, that's the marshmallow guy. That's the marshmallow guy from the movie the other night. So they just showed him it, and now they're showing him the new one. So that shit can't me. Uh, and there was a lot of cute kids, like when someone did something, the kid's like, why don't you just do this? And then the character did that. It's like, ooh, savvy, savvy child you have there. Um, so yeah, it, it was like a, it was like a kid showing, but it was not. We went like a seven o'clock show, but there's a lot of kids there. <laughs> kind of felt like we're like, at a kid's birthday party. There's just so many kids just wandering around the aisles, climbing on chairs, but no, they're just, just separate families with young kids having a good Ghostbuster time. Uh, me and Lindsay have a big history of going to movies with kids. That went, and at Apocalypse X-Men, there's one kid putting his, his fucking hand through Lindsay's hair. <laughs> I looked to my left, he poked his head over. He was just looking down at us. Uh, but anyway, so Ghostbusters, see it if you like the franchise and you have a nephew that's like 13 or under. Uh, they'll love it, all right? And what's the next movie? Marriage Story, the one we just saw with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I think this must have been an Oscar contender. Uh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was going to be a lot more dour. I thought it was going to be a lot more depressing. 
Uh, there's a couple arguments, but I thought the whole movie was going to be arguing, like Revolutionary Road, all like, ah, ah, like the like the, the yell crying where they're like, how can you? Do? There's a little bit of that. Rabbit Driver peaked at that, but I thought it was going to be all that, but it wasn't. It was fucking delightful. Uh, not delightful, but it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I laughed out loud. Anytime a lawyer showed up, it stole the show. Laura Dern looking hotter than ever at 60. Her and Paul Rudd must be on the same holy grail water. Uh, who else showed up? Bray Liotta came in. He's he's such... He, anytime there's like... I'm not sure if he was trying to be funny there, but that was like a comedic role. But Ray Liotta always makes me laugh, even when he doesn't try to be. He just dials in such an intense character that it's just funny to me. Anyone that dialed in and intense and it's believable, it makes me laugh. I also loved the the lawyer's assistants in the trial. They were just like sternly stare at them. Or they'd always be in the room when uh, Scarlett Johansson or Andrew Driver was deliberating with the lawyer. And the one guy was like, we're going to get lunch? Just want to get lunch orders to make sure it's, uh, make sure we get lunch. And then the lawyer's energy is just turned back, turned to like lunch ordering energy where Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are still very much feeling the reality is a being mid-divorce battle. But <laughs> anything lawyers in this movie was awesome. The, the, the guy from MASH, Alan Alda, he was fucking, he was awesome in it. I wasn't a big fan of MASH, to, to each his own, I just never watched it. It always came on after Seinfeld, and then uh, that was time for my bed. Ba, 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 ba. But uh, anytime, uh, anytime he turns up in a movie, I fucking love that guy. I can't, I can't recall what movies I've loved him in, but anytime he comes in, he, he steals it. He can be funny, he can be kind of mysteriously evil and uh I, I like that i like alan alda in the movies i gotta find out what movies he's in but he was hilarious he had one of my favorite lines when you could eat <laughs> his glasses weren't right then he goes like uh i don't think these are my glasses and he keeps talking to the guy and then he ends up <laughs> he had his secretary's glasses by accident that's just like a subtle but hilarious thing and just not like a foreshadowing that this lawyer might not go well and I might be reading too into it, but I thought he kind of represented the system, and it was kind of old and outdated. Uh, I went between different sides. I was kind of against Adam Driver. Then I was, I thought, then I thought Scarlett Johansson was being a bit too harsh. And then you find out he cheated on her. Then you hate her again. But I, they really brushed by the cheating. I thought that that's like the crux of most divorce movies. Like this was, this was written by the dude, right? This was Noah, Noah Bombark. Noah Bombach, Bombach from Greenberg. He did Greenberg with Ben Stiller, other stuff. But yeah, he wrote and directed this, and it makes sense. Because <laughs> like no, like he cheated on her, and that didn't even that was that was barely a bleep when it came up in the court hearing. He brought up he was like yeah he's like well, uh, Laura Dern brought up that Adam Driver cheated, and that was barely anything. And then they're like yeah well Scarlett Johansson she drinks sometimes, and they're like oh. The drinking was almost a bigger deal than the uh, affair. The affair was pretty much like a footnote, which I thought was interesting and probably like <laughs> the point of view of a man as opposed to a woman. But I could be wrong. I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, everyone in this movie was an amazing actor. I believe them that they're real. I forgot they were celebrities. Like uh, sometimes when you're watching someone like super famous, like uh, Ben Affleck sometimes, you're like, wow, Ben Affleck's really acting. But a really good actor, you're like, 
this character, like fucking Luke Skywalker, bad example, is having a tough time. But you think of him as the character versus the actor. And this happened in the whole movie. I forgot Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. It might have been the hair. But uh, my dad used to, he would always randomly turn to me, sometimes in shitty movies. He would just turn to me like, nothing like watching a couple of good actors do their thing, right? And he would have loved this movie. He would have loved all the lawyers. He's still alive, but he just they, he just can't really watch movies. They, they move too fast for him now. But he would have loved this movie. Great acting. Adam Driver, he was just amazing. My favorite scene of his was when he was trying to explain the perils of a divorce. And it kind of turned into a musical. In a musical, you start singing when only the song when you when words can't explain it, but the song can explain it better. I've been told that's like the main rule for a musical. Have the song when words can't do it justice, and the song will do the feeling better, like love and stuff. Uh, so Adam Driver, he was trying to explain the divorce, and then you see him just do this super raw and vulnerable song about being alone versus being alive. And being alive, you get all this pain, and you go through all this heartbreak. Why do you do it? Because you'd be alive. But being alive isn't being alone. If you're alone, you don't feel alive. And I think Lindsay got a little bored in it, which was fair. It was almost boring, but it was so well done by Adam Driver. I was gripped by it. Like, that scene in the hands of any other person would have been horrible. What's like someone who's an actor we can't really stand, Lindsay? Like, I don't know, like Ryan Philippe or like Jason Biggs. It would be like, I feel like it'd have a different depth, but I, I, I felt like I suddenly understood theater in that scene i didn't under, i made fun of theater but in that scene i'm like fuck i get theater i get the world i understood him in a way i didn't really and it was just a really really great movie it really made me think in different ways so many little little things that made me think about the character there's one scene when it's late in the divorce adam driver's career is kind of on the other side he lost his show on broadway scarlett johansson's on the up and she's been putting him through the shitter through the divorce, but she's so far removed from it, she doesn't under doesn't see the hatred he has for her anymore. And she's like, "Hey, you don't have any pictures here." He's like, "I ah, all the only pictures I have to put up are of my son, my son's paintings." And she's like, "What about the picture of uh, you and him at the bridge?" He's like, "You're in it." And she's like, "Huh? Why would that matter?" And in that moment, to me, I feel like she doesn't understand the disdain that this divorce process has created toward him her fuck i'm not sure if that made sense we're gonna try that again i don't think she understands the amount of disdain he has for her that this divorce process has created there we go second time's a charm and then that gets remedied by the end because he reads the note and sees how he really feels about her before the divorce proceeding goes through so the divorce the lawyers come in they divide him apart make it vicious he hates her. He has disdain for her. By the end, he reads that note, which shows the true feelings about who, how he felt about him before the divorce. So then it kind of brings him back to a place after that whole thing. I'm not sure if that made sense, guys. I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> if this was the Valcast, I would cut that, do another take. But this is We Love Movies, where you get the warts and all. And uh, if I didn't say it, because I misspeak a lot. One thing I realized from this podcast is I get like 69% of my words correct, but they're close enough that people understand. But we're going with that. And maybe if you think I didn't make sense, you can help me 
make sense of it together. And uh, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I just thought it was an amazing movie, well acted. The lawyers stole the show. Anytime a lawyer comes in, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. I'm sitting next to my fiance, and I didn't even, like, you think it'd be awkward watching it with your partner. I didn't really care, right? We're just not going to get divorced, right? Oh my God, <laughs> she goes, there's one time it came close. What was that? What was the most awkward part of the movie for you? I don't know, I feel like a bad breaker. I don't know, I feel like... When they had that fight, when they tried to do it without the moderator, they goes, I wish you were dead! That part? That was pretty brutal, but yeah. Anyway, have a good walk, babe. Yeah, anyways, what was I? Um... But yeah, and what was also sad was in the in the beginning they established how good of a dad he was, how much he loved being a dad, and how he loved doing all the things most people would hate doing uh, when it comes to fatherhood, like being up, waking, helping the kid when he's sick, helping him waking up in the middle of the night, et cetera, et cetera. And was really fucked up was uh, the divorce. Uh, took that element away from him. In the divorce, they kept trying to say he wasn't a good dad, he wasn't a present dad, and that kind of showed the conflict you must be while going through divorce because we know Scarlett Johansson knows that isn't true, yet the lawyer keeps bringing it up. And even if there is some truth to him not being the best version of himself as a dad, it's because of the divorce. It's taking him away, it's taking him uh, him away from his son physically he's got to go to new york that's exhausting um he's taken away financially and he's got no energy to be present so that was really heartbreaking they established that the dad was a very good father and he loved being a father and then that divorce kind of fucking stole that from him and, and took that out of him but yeah lots of fucked up things and the movie does a really good job illustrating like the paradoxes and the catch-22s of the divorce system and if you don't lawyer up quick, you can get fucked. So if you try to do the noble thing and the other person goes in first, you, you could get screwed. And uh, it can happen quick, and it happens a lot. Uh, but yeah, great, great, great fucking movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's not really the movie you put on for all moods, right? You don't put it on after Christmas or on Christmas Eve, right? You gotta be in a specific mood. You gotta be ready for it. But it's also pretty funny. Like, like they, they, the, the actors are really good at it, and there's a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, actually, probably because there's so much tension. But uh, the, 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 the actors do it great. The comedy sounds well. The drama is being, drama's being handled well. I think it won Oscars. I don't know. But now let's go on to the opposite movie, Red Notice. With The Rock and Ryan Reynolds... The movie of plots about one egg, no, two eggs, but three eggs. Uh, I love this movie. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone because it's, it's, it's like a, uh, if like an 80s action movie was a video game but turned into a movie. Uh, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was silly, uh, but it was good enough. They had enough twists to make it interesting. I love The Rock. I've been saying, do you smell what The Rock is cooking for the past 30 years in my house? I used to, and when Napster came out, I would download rock promos and I would just walk around the house and go, finally, The Rock has come back to Vancouver. So I've seen every one of his movies in theaters, and this came out on Netflix, but I loved it. Uh, it was just a fun action movie. I don't know what else to say. It was just silly fun. Uh, silly fun. Uh, rock dancing was weird, right? Seeing Rock dance with Wonder Woman. He's too muscular. Like when he's, when, when he's dancing with her, when his hands around her head, it's like, it's like, hey, like seeing him try to palm a raisin or something. It's just funny seeing Rock dance. He can move. 
but uh, yeah, I think I, I, I just know what to say. And uh, anytime there is a problem, uh, the solution was only two beats away. Uh, but you have three super charismatic people. Ryan Reynolds is super funny. I think I'm going to do what I want. Okay, Rock. Was that okay, Ryan Reynolds? I've been working my Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but Ryan Reynolds is a god in Vancouver. He's the mayor of Vancouver. He makes all the bylaws here in the city. I'm from here, so we do that. Say bye to Lindsay. Lindsay's taking the dog for the walks. Bye, Lindsay. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, anyways, Red Notice. Uh, it was a bit long, but uh, yeah, fun action, great banter, great buddy cop movie. Uh, I, I miss these type of movies. I look forward to a sequel. Uh, anytime, like, people would show up out of nowhere quite often, like, anytime people thought they got away, and, alright, we finally did it, someone would be like, hey boys, think you're going somewhere, hey, where'd you come from, or like, the girl gets away, and they're like, haha, toast to getting away, and then they come out of the, like, cockpit, not so fast, mister, <laughs> how did you get there, there's no plausible explanation how they got there, other than they're just the best, but, uh, Red Note, it's about the an FBI agent getting the second best robber world the second best second best in the world thief at catching the first lots of loops lots of tricks lots of ups and downs uh, I would recommend it just for like a hangover day I uh, would just smoke a joint maybe crack a beer or uh, put it on when you're cleaning up I would put I've, I've watched it one and a half times I put it on when I'm cleaning things and the blooper wheels it's just light fun it's just light hearty fun it's stupid it's fun it's like a cartoon come to life I'd recommend it if recommend it if you like silly action but oh, red notice did have one of my favorite tropes. And this was also in Real Genius. And I'm hunting for these. I want to know where these are. So this is what happens. It's usually in the end of the second act. Um, they need a reason to move the plot forward. And they're stuck. And then someone has a meltdown. All the odds are against their protagonist. And our protagonist has a meltdown. So in Red Notice, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds are in a jungle. And we're going by Ryan Reynolds' compass. And they're going nowhere. And they've been lost in their days. And they're not getting the results The Rock wants. And The Rock has a temper tantrum. He goes, this is stupid. What are we doing here? This compass doesn't even work. Why am I following you? You're an idiot. The dumbest thing I ever did. And he like really lets off. And he goes, ah, I'm stupid. We're going to die here. What have I done? And this stupid compass doesn't even work. And he takes the compass, throws it down. And when he throws the compass, he goes, bong. And they're like, what? And then they dust off the table. And underneath that bong was the thing they're trying to look for that they thought they couldn't. That is my trope that I can't unsee. And related to the We Love Val cast, uh, it happens in Real Genius. In Real Genius, he's in like by the vending machine. It's toward the end of the second act. And he's, his laser's fucked and everything's fucked up. Uh, the Dean's a prick. The girls aren't banging him. The world, the whole world's against him. And he slams something and he slams some ice. And then he looks at the shattered ice. He goes, that's it. The answer's right there. And then he realizes he needs ice to solve his problem. So that was my favorite trope. So, yeah, anyways, I'm rambling a bit. But what am I talking about? What have we done here? I, uh, it's hard with Lindsay walking around. I get distracted. He's, I, I don't have ADD. I almost have ADD. And uh, I also smoke weed, so I get distracted. But not inside. I don't smoke inside because I'm respectful. But... Uh, <laughs> So we did Ghostbusters. I recommend uh, to your nephews. And if you like Ghostbusters, if not, eh, you can pass it. 
Marriage Story, I highly recommend it. Uh, if you don't like movies where people fight and argue, maybe pass on it. They don't do it too much. And then Red Notice, if you like actions, uh, if you want to check out, watch some action and two, three super charismatic leads, Gal Gadot, Rock, and Ryan Reynolds, all perfect at what they do in this popcorn stuff. Uh, I recommend that. And then we'll go to Real Genius, my Val review. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I thought it was going to be unwatchably 80s, but it was delightfully 80s. Um, Val Kilmer plays like this cool, super smart slacker, like a slacker nerd. And uh, I'm going to get more details in the next one, but I just want to say I really liked it. I enjoy it after each watch. It's silly, but it's got good jokes. There's jokes in the, in the fucking thing. That's because it, it got punched. It got reworked by a very infamous writer duo, duo who got some more success. It originally got written by a couple comics, so they want their jokes in. And then it's carried by a pretty charismatic cast and the very charismatic Val Kilmer, who played, it was super funny, but completely different than how he was funny in Top Secret, right? Like, he's not being typecast. He's funny in a completely different way. This one, he's a bit more over the top. He's, like, he's a bit more of a caricature. He's goofier. He's not the straight man. In Top Secret, he was, like, the straight man, and the whole movie is just mayhem all around him. But to ta this one, he then Real Genius, he grounded it. Uh, the popcorn scene, that's pretty That's pretty wild. I was blown away by that because it's not CGI. I'm like, how did they do that? You Google it, they fucking pop popcorn for months and months until they had enough. And I think there was like a fire. I have to double check that. I'll double check that for the interview. But I think there was a fire. Uh, <laughs> like a bunch of popcorn burnt down. So they re had to do it. Um, and I actually had, had some big pop culture. It, uh, the the female the girl who talks a lot the nerdy girl she spun off a character for chippendale which was one of my favorite things but real genius it's not like the first time i watched it i was like oh that's pretty good then the second time i watched it, i'm like i think i fucking love this movie it's got all the 80s tropes lasers the panel there's a board making decision there's a mean dean there's like a angry nerd jock ken the weirdest character is he a jock is he a nerd he's like a handsome german model what 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 is it uh, I love the opening credits. That's pretty cool. I miss opening credits, how they tell a story, right? So that's real genius. It's a movie about intelligence, and the opening credits is the progression of human intelligence, right? It starts about, tells that story. Uh, I loved it. It did well commercially, but it's not remembered as... Like, it doesn't have the big effect of, like, Back to the Future because I think Back to the Future came out the same year and I think just eclipsed it. Like, I thought this character would be just as iconic as uh, Marty McFly and Real Genius doesn't have really any real incest subplots. Like, the first first Back to the Future. Doesn't Marty kind of a thing with his mom? Anyways, I digress. But Real Genius, check it out. And uh, Red Notice, Real Genius, great background-watching movies. Uh, Marriage Story, I would not call that a background-watching movie. That's like an intense sit-down movie. Uh, watch with the, no distractions. All the words count. There's payoffs. Whoever wrote and directed, Noah Bombark, you're not fucking around. That's a great movie. I think you're a little biased, though, but that's okay. Uh, I... <laughs> It made me terrified of getting married, but it's okay. I'm ready for it. Um, but I'm rambling, so that's it, guys. That was, that was the We Love Movies. And that's it. Thanks for the Patreon. Patreon shout-outs. Uh, Friday for Patreon, you're going to get the Real Genius episode. And Saturday, that goes on the, the Normies. 
And once Canada gets approved for advertisements, we're going to have ads on them in your regular releases, and then you patrons will get non-ads. And Lindsay, Rosie, and Obi are back. How's your walk, babe? Hey, babe. How's your walk? Okay, which of you, which did you like better, Ghostbusters or Marriage Story? All right, Lindsay picks Marriage Story. I pick I pick Red Notice, but Mar- Mar- Marriage Story is up there with it. Just two different, two different. I'll probably rewatch Red Notice more than Marriage Story. Although Marriage Story made me laugh quite a bit. So uh, out out of the movies, Val Kilmer. It's in a league of its own, so I don't rank that. We'll go Red Notice, Marriage Story, but they're just they're just so different, but lovable, great in their own ways. I think Ghostbusters. It was a bit slow, but got me wasted on nostalgia. Made me me cry where I might have to go see a counselor therapist as paid by my wife. Thank you, babe. And um, Bill Genius was dope. All right. I, I, I want to I wanna keep talking. But, uh, next month's next month, uh, one I'm going to see more movies. I'm already seeing a movie tomorrow night. Uh, okay. Love you all. Thanks, Val Peace.